Good day. I hope you're doing well. It's a pleasure to have a dialogue together. It's always a pleasure. The topic of the day is time. And it is one of the most intriguing and interesting subjects I've had to observe in my short lifespan. For this episode, I beg you to be completely attentive. It isn't something you can do while doing something else. So if you're cooking, driving, walking, or if you're here to be distracted, please stop. Get back to your business. You're not serious about this, at least not now. However, if you're at all serious and free to observe, welcome. We can get started. Let us discover what is this thing called time. Now, this is quite interesting because everything I've been discussing up until now, all our discussions, all our dialogues, they were so we can get to this specific topic. That's just how important this is. But as usual, I'd like you to approach this episode with a sense of freedom. No, freedom to observe. In other words, please forget everything I have mentioned before. Do forget what you think you know. And finally, do not believe anything I'm saying about anything. Seriously. Do not believe a single word. Look at it. Doubt everything until you see it for yourself. Because if you do this, you will end up with certainty. While if you start with certainty, you will end up with doubt and hesitation and therefore frustration. So, what exactly is time? How can we approach something this impressive? Well, first, let us agree that we do not know, all right? We really have no idea what time is. You know the sentence, I do not know, is terribly hard for most people because most of us always know. You know, it's like we get some sense of pride from knowing. So please do forget about your... Einstein's relativity of time or all the Shakespeare's quotes you've heard about or all the things you have heard from the drag it down your street. Just leave all that behind. And let us ask, what is time actually when we have put all that knowledge aside? Is it possible to observe it without prior knowledge? Yes, it is possible. I can show you how. And we can start with the obvious, which is physical time, or clock time, if you wish. Physical time is morning, or afternoon, or night time. You wake up, 
you see the sun rising and then the sun setting right that is time one o'clock that is time one o'clock is a it's our expression of the physical time that is we have developed a mathematical language out of the different laws of the universe and have used that as a way of communication so half past ten is the expression of a certain state of the universe from our perspective from the human perspective uh, a flower blooming is time too from the seed to you watering it to the blooming and dying that is a time lapse that is physical time your physical existence is time from your mother's womb to you being born to learning how to talk walk go to primary school and eventually university if you get a chance to all right from your first day at work to your retirement from your first lover to your marriage if that's your type of tea from your first tooth to losing all your teeth from your first day to your last day all that is time and it is not just about you you are the result of time as much as your great great grandmother and father were the human experience is the result of time I mean, this is fairly easy to see, right? Uh, that applies as well for other animals. Time is also distance from here to there, from point A to point C to point H. I am walking to the store, for example. That is time, isn't it? So the distance between two points or two things, that is time. Let me use an example. Um, as a child, you occupied a certain space in the universe. And as an adult, you occupy a slightly bigger space. Right? The same way, the planet occupies a much bigger space, the solar system an even bigger one. Your hair occupies a significantly smaller space. That space is time to. Space is time. So basically, time, distance and space is no different. They are one and the same thing. With all these examples, the ones I just mentioned, you can see that everything 
absolutely everything in the physical world is time. There's not a single thing in the universe that is in time. If you take one portion, one particular segment, uh, or one particle of the universe, the relationship of those particles to other particles creates time. Also, the relationship within a single particle is also time. So time is in the infinitely big, large, and the, and is also in the infinitely small. Therefore, time is everywhere and everything. Now, I think this is fairly obvious because it can be seen with our eyes. It can be felt too, right? Matter can actually be observed, so it is very easy to get this. But can we now move on the psychological realm and find out what time is, psychologically speaking? Please, I hope when I say psychologically, you do not put me into a certain box. Uh, as an advocate, I hope you do not consider me as an advocate of science or psychology, or psychiatry, or whatever fancy words we might add to that. Right? Yeah, whatever fancy words we, we fight so hard to fit in. That's not... That's not who I am. At least that's not what I am. I mean, I could have used other words such as spiritually, but we have fed on it so much that you know, it has become very misleading. So I'm going to stick to psychologically speaking to talk about uh, matters that happen within us, so to speak. Anyway, what is time? Psychologically speaking. Well, psychological time is created when we look back, when there's a remembrance of a certain event. You're here listening to me, and you remember how nice it was when you rode a bicycle, for example. That is time. You look back. That is you creating time. That is you creating the past. Time is also imagination. You imagine what would life be after death, for example. That is time. You're projecting a certain future. All right? Time is psychological time is also fear. You remember a certain belief, for example, the idea of hell, then you remember how horrible you were to your friend or mom or to a random stranger, and then the fear of being forever burned alive or 
reincarnated as a poor or disturbed disturbed person and that fear arises all that movement is time that is the creation of psychological time can you see it time is also analysis you hear me saying all these things you start inquiring into them saying this is true this is not or this is strange this is good this is bad all right all that movement is also time all right time is also uh, shame guilt compassion hope ambition pleasure, pride, or pain, all our emotions are time. And please do not just accept this, look at this. If you don't see it for yourself, if you do not realize that all this is time, you will be a slave to it. I could go as far as saying time is always a slave to itself. All right, so please look at it. Don't just take my word for it, okay? Don't just jump on anything that I'm saying. I could be sounding very convincing, very serious, uh, a little bit interesting, while I'm completely lying to you. So don't take any word I'm saying for granted. You have to look at it. Otherwise, I mean, you won't even get anything out of it. Not that there's something to get out of this, but you have to see it, please. Look at guilt, for example. You'll see that it is time. You are behaving uh, recklessly, and that leads to someone being hurt or killed. All right, Maybe you were driving recklessly, or you were playing with a gun, or you... You, you are not serious in a certain job, all right? And that leads to a certain consequence. And you carry that incident over a period of time in your head as a memory because you're always looking back, all right? That is psychological time, all right? You could have invested your money into something. You make a bad financial decision the whole business collapses and therefore you feel guilty and you have a lot of regret because you're always looking back even when the incident is finished when you look back that is the creation of psychological time mm -hmm. you are violent selfish or, or lazy and you hope to be different tomorrow that is time too which is I am this today but I will be that tomorrow 
I am not enlightened, but I will be tomorrow. Can you see it? Therefore, effort is also time. You could say, I need to fast or meditate so that I can achieve a better understanding or I have a better communication with God, whatever that, whatever that word means. Right? And that is still time. Comparison is also time. Whether you're comparing yourself to your past self, I mean, whether you're comparing your past self to the future version of yourself, or whether you're comparing yourself to your friend, brother, or neighbor, that comparison is also time, psychological time. All right? These are just a few examples. Now, I mentioned all these examples of psychological time because I wanted you to have a feel of it, you know. But the examples are really infinite. You can have as many as you want. If you just look at it, you find it in everything. But luckily, they all have the same source, and that is thought. Psychological time is always the result of thinking. So psychologically speaking, the only time there is, is thinking. Now, we have seen what time is physically and what it is psychologically. If you haven't seen it, then clearly you are stuck in, the, you are stuck in time this whole time. <laughs> sounds very repetitive, but it is a fact. If you are really giving it your attention, you can see the reality of what has been discussed so far. Not because a friend or a, ron- a random guy on the internet is saying it, but because it is so. It is a fact. Just like when science discovered that time and space is the same, the, si- the singularity of time and space, for example, it wasn't because a certain individual said so. Anyone could have said it. It just had to be seen. Similarly, if you look into this, you will see the truth or lie behind it all because it is so. Okay? So, if you look at both psychological and physical time, you will see that it is a movement. It is always a movement going from the past to the future. Quotes, past, future, right? Always moving. Physically, there's the Big Bang Theory, for example. If you're a scientific-minded person, a huge boom and evolution follows. And we are forever evolving, right? Whatever species survive, they go on evolving adapting you can see this in a single lifetime you are born then you grow then you die and it goes on with the next generations the same way it went on before your generation all right 
So it is a cause and effect movement, always going in circle. On the other hand, if you are a religiously minded person, you probably have an idea of there being a, a creator, right? All right. Launching all this and eventually we'll get back to him or her or, or it, whatever suits your mind. But still, it is the same thing. It is a movement. It's a cause and effect movement. Right? Please look at it. It is not different at all. You are playing the same game. Depending on your conditioning, you might prefer the Buddhist game, the Muslim or Christian game. Um, you also have the scientific game. But still, it is the same movement. It is the same game going on. Which is why I actually find it very disturbing that we are so closed-minded when we are all so deeply involved in the same nonsensical games, really. If we were at all serious, we would quickly see that we are trapped in the same box. And perhaps we could actually get together and, and uh, talk about it, uh, live at least together. But no, everyone is playing their own game, claiming the game is the best, you know. Anyway, psychologically, that movement goes on as well. Only this time, thought, which is memory, which is therefore knowledge, plays the role of God or the Big Bang. It also plays the role of the tiny little me who's being pushed around, ordered, guided, uh, compensated or punished. In other words, it is also playing the role of the me, I, the role of the self. Thought somehow fails to see that it is playing both the role of the creator and the created. The cause and the effect movement is still going on here as well. Psychologically and physically, it is a circle. Please see what we're doing to our minds. How ridiculously dull our minds have become. Now then, is it possible for that movement to stop? Is there a way time can come to an end? First, can we find out why time should come to an end if it is at all possible? Well, perhaps the most important reason it should is because as long as that movement is going on, you can never see the whole. You are forever trapped in that cycle. Sure, there are many good things in that box, you know, in that trap. But it is still a prison. It's like when you are sent to jail for a lifetime. You, know, uh, you can certainly get used to it. Face all the violence, all that ugliness in, in the jail. 
But it doesn't remove the fact that freedom is a few steps away from yourself. You are still in jail. And as far as one can see, there's really no meaning to life if you do not get out of that cycle. There's no meaning to it. Life then becomes a never-ending mechanical cycle. And that is perhaps why we are so confused. Why we are destroying anything we touch. Not that I'm saying destroying is good or bad. Neither am I saying there's good and bad. Don't even ask those questions if you're still stuck in that prison, in that trap. That is still the game being played. I wish you could see how deep in the rabbit hole you are. I, will, I really wish you could see it. Anyway, so that is why time has to come to an end, in my opinion. That is the most important reason. I could go on coming up with other reasons, I guess. Uh, but to me, that is the only valuable reason. Because otherwise, there's no point in life. There's really no meaning. And there's tremendous suffering because whether you are aware of it or not, the trap is there. And the trap never brings anything good to the trapped. It's just a cycle of suffering. And I mean, if you're really serious and you look at this world, our society, even just your own life, don't you sometimes feel a little bit trapped? Can you see all the confusion, all the the violence, the selfishness, the occasional joy, yes, always seeking pleasure and, and the rest of it. Is that really what life is about? I don't know. Maybe to some people it is satisfying, it is enough. But I highly doubt. From what I can observe, there's a tremendous amount of suffering. So then, can time be stopped? Let us leave physical time aside for a while. Because if we do not deal with your psychological time, you will just come up with beautiful ideas of how time freezes and you walk around frozen people, frozen water, frozen animals and, you know, all the stuff from your favorite movies, animations and, and stories. That is exactly what we have been doing, you know. It's all of our screens, our theaters and books, be it for entertainment purposes, spiritual or otherwise. So you see how important psychological time is, because if you do not get that, then you just come up with very fancy ideas of what is it to have time being stopped. So understanding the movement of thinking becomes tremendously important. Otherwise, you will drown in your own illusions. Whether they are comfortable or uncomfortable, you will be drawn in them. The trap is still there. 
and very healthy, if I may put it that way. So then, can we stop psychological time? In other words, can thoughts be stopped since it is the only time there is, really, psychologically? Yes, it can be stopped. And we have observed it in the previous episode. So please do listen to it if need be. Because I wish not to repeat myself, otherwise it becomes another trap. Uh, But in short, there's no method in stopping time, in stopping thinking. There's just an awareness of the movement of thinking. There's an observation of that movement, and then it will come to an end naturally. I guess the clue to knowing that it has stopped is understanding that there is not a thinker who is doing the thinking. There's just a thinking that is happening. And that thinking is happening because of your past experiences, be it in the very short term, as in listening to me right now, or in the very long term, as in uh, the first encounter you had with a dangerous animal or your parents or the first trip you had in life. Because if you see that there's not a thinker, then it means that a certain kind of observation has happened. You know, a certain kind of attention That attention is the key, and it will operate in your daily life. Please, there's no effort in doing this at all. It happens on its own, with understanding. If you have been listening to me and have understood what I said in this single episode, then that attention has been present. You cannot be aware of it. Do not try. That is greed. You cannot get a hold of it. The rest will happen naturally. Thoughts will stop, which means the past and the future will stop unless necessary. For example, when you have to plan a trip or cook or walk on something. But you will not always be colonizing your brain and the mind with all that superficiality. (laughs) You have to understand that the future and the past do not exist psychologically. We create them. Thoughts always create them. Thought is the past or the creation of the past. You know, and and that past can modify itself through imagination and therefore create the future. But it is still the movement of the past. 
It is still the movement of your experiences, modifying itself into some idea of what the future will be, but it is still the past. The only thing that really exists is the now. And you see, <coughs> the now is constantly new. You can never know the now. The moment you know it, it means you are in the past. You have saved it as a memory and you are now looking at it. All right? You are now analyzing. You are now observing. You know, you have created an observer who's observing the now, but that's not the now, it is the past. And that is thought. There's nothing more intriguing than the now. Nothing heavier uh, and beautiful and mysterious as the now. Because we can paint all the best pictures in the world, tell all the fantastic stories, you know, imagine everything we can. Still, they do not come near the now. When you are in the now, time is not. That's, that's number one. The now has no time. Secondly, in the now, there's no illusion. They are just facts. And facts are much more mysterious than illusions. It is only a dull and disturbed mind, a seeking mind, that pursues illusions. And that's probably because Facts are very hard to live with. Most people don't face the facts. We get we get bored of it. Easily get, you know, we, we try to put opinions onto them, you know, ideas, put a bit of salt and pepper. Because facts are just that heavy, you know, and thoughts always try to embellish it. So, have you ever wondered actually, what it would be to have no time anymore? What would happen when time actually stops? I mean, I've been talking about stopping time for a while, but have you ever actually questioned that, dive into it, and ask yourself, what exactly would happen if there is no time? Well, I could spend a thousand days trying to describe to you what happens or what it is, but that would be foolish of me. You just have to see it for yourself. It is not describable. But what do you think would happen if there has never been a yesterday, 
and will never be a tomorrow. What is there when all that is there is always and constantly new? Well, I cannot tell you and do not even imagine it. That would be arrogant and a bit ignorant, I think. It's one of those things that really have to be lived, you know, to get a glimpse of it. But one thing for sure, when time stops, there's no longer a me and a you. A yesterday and now and a tomorrow. You know, uh, psychological or physical. There's not a God or there's no joy, death, life, and whatever you want to add. All those come within time, not out of time. And you know, touching something like this, touching something that can never be touched, so to speak, that gives one a sense of dignity, you know, a sense of joy in everything, and a responsibility for both the neighbor, the cockroach, and the sand. That gives one a sense of being there without being there. <laughs> you know, um, a sense of everything happening at once without ever having happened. I guess this is a point where any further talking will push me to being labeled crazy, I guess. You know, but it takes one to travel this far to know what this means. Not as an idea, but really. And you have to die to every single thing to get here. Not die physically. You know? Don't be stupid and kill yourself. I mean, that you definitely need help for that, if, if that's what you think. But when I say die to everything, I mean really die to everything. Die to your own ideas and your own beliefs. Your own thoughts. Realize that it is limited. It can never reach further than where where it is your own ambition uh, your own desires not that you will now be some homeless person no, not like that but the ambition psychological ambition all right your own uh, picture of what is it that you want to achieve the very desire of trying to achieve something. You have to die to all of that. Die to knowledge. And when you do that, then you open the door. And personally, I feel like dying without realizing this is the continuation of the trap. In fact, no, I, I do not feel. 
I am certain of it. If you do not realize this in the living, you can never get out of it. I mean, it goes on, you know. Uh, but I will not entertain all the ideas of uh, reincarnation and life after death because they, they really those are just pointless. I mean, it's meaningless. What, what's of it? What's so special about it? What's the fuss around it? But the trap is there. You do not get out of it. You are in there. Hence, why one reaches, when one reaches the other side, so to speak, one cannot stand still seeing another suffering without being compelled to do everything that has to be done even if it involves being rejected by the whole society. One has to do something about it. One has to share this. That is the only thing remaining, really. Not that there's no sense in life. Not that there's a... In, uh, to the contrary, there's tremendous sense. There's tremendous meaning. But... You simply cannot stand the sight of someone suffering like that without stepping in. So, please do inquire into really what is time and, and get out of it. There's so much more than time and whatever is inside time. What is time and what is inside time has no meaning, no real meaning until you see what is outside. Then you can live here. Then everything makes sense. Then you hearing my voice right now is, is magical. All right? So in our next episode, probably the last or the second last, we should discuss meditation, love, death, and creation. Thanks a lot for your time.